It is time. Is anybody ready besides myself? Don't worry about the life jacket. We're going to explain all that later. We're going to explain what all that means later. First off, I have to give a shout out to a few universities. Um, UCLA, I saw you guys getting together, having a Bible study, Howard University, my own alumni, Texas Southern University. Thank you so much for joining us. This World Changer series is just, just doing something different. It's just hitting different. On tonight, I think this is a message that everybody can be touched with. Tonight, we're going to talk about what if I fail. Has anybody ever had that, that worry, that insecurity? If so, I need you to lean, lean in, get your notepad, tag somebody, and we're about to get to work. I believe that this message is going to bless your life. Take a screenshot. Let us know where you are in the world. Shout out to Switzerland who left a, a whole beautiful tag that they had on Instagram of what you're doing in the church. I love you guys so much. And let's get to work. Judges chapter 6, it's going to be a little backdrop of the story of Gideon. Most people only know the story of Gideon, of Gideon and 300. But they don't really know the whole backdrop and the history behind that. And I'm going to try to explain that to you. But this particular part of the story is when God has came to Gideon and he told him, all right, you are going to defeat the Midianites. You're going to do this, bruh. So I need you to get ready. You're a mighty warrior, a mighty man of valor, and we're going to defeat the Midianites. So this is where we are coming in. In Judges chapter 6, Judges chapter 6, verse 36, Gideon said to God, If you will save Israel by my hand, as you have promised, look, I will place a wool fleece on the threshing floor, and if there is dew only on the fleece, and all the ground is dry, then I will know that you will save Israel by my hand, as you said. And that is what happened. Gideon arose early the next day. He squeezed the fleece and wrung out the dew, a bowl full of water. For me, that's all I would have needed. But let's check out what Gideon says. Then Gideon said to God, do not be angry with me. Let me let me make just, just one more request. Allow me one more time to test with the fleece. But this time, make the fleece dry and let the ground be covered with dew. <laughs> I'm like, bruh, how, how many more confirmations do you need? That's a whole word. How many more confirmations do you need to do what you already know to do? <laughs> I need confirmation. I need to be extra confirmed because I don't want to fail. Verse 40, that night, God did so. Only the fleece was dry. All the ground was covered with dew. Our, our verse of importance, our clause of concern, and the particular part in this biblical narrative that is going to be a waiter. It's going to serve us tonight some spiritual nutrition. It's going to give us some soul food. Somebody wants some soul food on the night? I'm not talking about yams and, and greens. I'm talking about spiritual edification. The verse that's going to help us grow is verse 36 when Gideon says to God, if, if you will save Israel, by my hand, as you have promised. Did, did y'all read that right? He's talking to God. If you, God, will save Israel by my hand, as you promised. It's almost as if Gideon is saying, God, are you really going to do what you said? 
that you're going to do. Don't judge Gideon too much because a lot of us ask the same question. God, are, are you really going to be Jehovah Jireh in the midst of a pandemic? Because I don't know how I'm going to pay the rent and I got laid off and I got furloughed. Are you really going to do what you said that you were going to do? Right now, God, everything is in chaos. Are you really going to be the Prince of Peace? Are you really going to provide me with peace that surpasses my understanding? Are you really going to be a way maker? Are you really going to be a savior? Are you really going to give me joy? Are you really going to give me hope? Are you really going to give me confidence? Are you really going to give me an opportunity? God, are you really going to do this? I wonder has anybody felt like Gideon? I need to know, is this you? Because I don't want to miss you, God. Is this, is this you? Are you really going to do this? If this is you, if we're really going to save Israel by my hand as you promised, and I just feel like a man who's ready to work on a night, I'm going to skip past all the preliminaries, platitudes, and introductory declarations. I want to ask you this twofold question. The first question that I want you to consider as we are starting this harmonic journey on tonight is what work, what gifting, what assignment haven't you done because you fear failure? What, what work, what mission, what task, what giftedness do you have that you have not worked it because you fear drowning, you fear failure? And how many more what ifs will you allow to be added to your story that is causing for you to stay on the same page, the same issue, the same cycle, the same mountain, the same season? How many more what ifs Will you allow to bookmark you, keep you in the same place? And God, we pray on the night. We pray on tonight that you will give us the faith, that you will give us the heart to recognize that you have called us to be a world changer. And I cannot effectively change the world if I'm not willing to take risk. We're going to war, oh God, tonight with the spirit of fear. We're going to war, oh God, with every chain that has held us captive, with every what-if thought, with every imagination, every, every mindset that does not let us obey you. But instead, fear what will happen if we try. And I pray that all this study means nothing if you don't use me as your oracle. Anoint my lips, oh God, to be the PA system of heaven. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. And if everybody agrees with that prayer, would you drop in the room, amen. Amen. Gideon said to God, if you will save Israel by my hand as you have promised. For, for part 10 of this World Changer series, I would like to speak around this thought from this subject for a few moments on tonight. What if I fail? What if I fail? Is anybody watching this message on tonight, you don't know how to swim? That's you? Like hand raise emoji? I don't know how to swim. You can be honest, ain't nobody judging. This is a judge-free zone. Nobody's throwing shade. Is anybody, this would be you. If you going anywhere where there's water, you're going to rock a light vest. <laughs> is anybody out there, I, I don't know how to swim. I feel you. When I was eight, <laughs> I can swim now. When I was eight, I couldn't. When I was eight years old, 
my mom and my dad, we moved into this house. It was a beautiful house, and it had a pool in the backyard. And so my, my mother had this stipulation with my father. She said, if we're going to move into this house, you're going to have to teach your son how to swim. We don't want to end up on the news with our child floating in the backyard. He's going to have to know how to swim. And so my dad agreed. And you could just imagine as an eight-year-old having a pool in your backyard, I felt like I was in heaven. Feels like heaven, heaven on earth. I was excited. <laughs> and every day, my dad, he put, put this life jacket on me. And we went out in the backyard and we would practice swimming. Every day, it was consistent. After school, I knew my father was going to put this life jacket on me, and we're going to practice swimming. And then the next day, put the life jacket on me, and we practice swimming. Put the life jacket on me, and we practice swimming. But after a while, just one day, my father just must have lost his mind. We walked outside. I'm looking for my life jacket. And he says, no, don't, uh, don't, don't worry about that. Matter of fact, take the life jacket off and go jump off the diving board. <laughs> Okay, did I do something? Did, did, I, did I forget to take out the trash? <laughs> Is this some form of cruel punishment? Is this something I did? I'm sorry. Did I leave my shoes out? I'm, what did I do? Okay, if it's nothing I did, are you okay? Are you feeling well? Do we take your temperature? You're asking me to go commit suicide. Now, you got to understand context. Our pool was like three feet in the shallow end and 12 feet in the deep end. So you're asking your eight-year-old son to go jump in 12 feet of water. I'm not taking off my life jacket. I'm not doing it. Um, we can skip practice today. We can just start some other day. I'll go inside. I'm, I'm sure I have some homework. He says, no, take off your life jacket, and jump off the diving board. I said, no, Dad, I'm, I'm, not, <laughs> I'm not taking off my jacket. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not jumping in, off the diving board, especially in the deep end. I'm not, I'm not doing it. Because some way and somehow as we've been practicing, my security shifted from my father to my life jacket. Y'all miss what I just said. Some way... And somehow, I don't know when it happened, but my security shifted from he will always save me to this will always save me. I didn't want to take off my life jacket because I found security in my life jacket. I used to find security in my father because I didn't know how to swim and he was teaching me how to swim. But over time, that shift to where I'm no longer just trusting in my father's ability, I'm trusting in my life jacket. This, this is what gives me security. Who am I preaching to on the night? I wonder is is there anybody watching this world-changing message that you have been plagued by life jacket Christianity? Life jacket Christianity. I want it safe. I don't want to offend nobody. I want to stay in my comfort zone. I don't want to ever have to worry about taking risk. Is there anybody watching this message where your father used to be the one that you had security in, but now you're finding security in your life jacket? I, 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 now, I now have security in this. There's a confession that I want all of us to say as we begin this sermonic journey on tonight. You know how I do. I believe that death and life is in the power of the tongue. So can I get everybody to put this in the room in all caps? I will not allow, I will not allow my created mental scenarios to publish a life of not taking risk. Did y'all hear what I just said? Put that in the room in all caps. I will not allow my created mental scenarios to publish a life of me not taking risk. I'm not, not, 
I'm not taking off my life jacket. My security used to be in my father, but now my security is in my life jacket. I, I don't want to risk taking this off because what if, what if I fail? I know that God has called me to lead and do a ministry, but I don't know if I'll drown. I don't know if, I, if I'll fail. I fear failure. I'm not taking off the life jacket. I know I felt the conviction. I felt the conviction. I know I need to call my mother and apologize for what I said on New Year's Eve, but I don't know if she'll reject me. I don't know how the conversation will go, and I don't want to risk doing that. I fear failure. I'm not taking off my life jacket. I, I, know, I know I'm supposed to wait until I'm married, but we've already been having sex. We've already been having sex, and then if I tell him that we're no longer going to sleep together, I don't know if he'll break up with me, and I don't know if he'll leave me. I understand that my body is a temple, not a hotel, where people shouldn't be able to check in and check out of me. I understand that I should wait until marriage, but I don't know if I make that stance of godliness and purity, and if I create that standard, will they still stay with me, or will they leave me? And I don't want this relationship to fail, because I posted too many images on Instagram. I posted too many videos on YouTube. I've shared too many things of us on Facebook and I don't want that embarrassment I fear failure I'm not taking off I'm not taking off this life jacket I know God that you gave me this awesome business idea this awesome business idea but if I present it to them I don't want them to laugh me out of the conference room I, I, I don't want to be the joke on my job I, I'm gonna keep it to myself because I fear I fear I fear failure I'm not taking this life jacket off I'm not gonna write the book what? So I could write the book and it could just be on the shelf at Barnes and Nobles and nobody will ever read it? Or it could be on Amazon and receive no star and no rating? I'm not going to do it. I fear, I fear, I fear failure. I'm not taking off the life jacket. I know that you gave me these two beautiful children, but I don't even know if I have the skill sets or the parental wisdom to raise them as a mother or to raise them as a father. I fear failure. I'm not. I'm not taking off this life jacket. Jerry, take off the life jacket and jump. I'm not doing it. Take off the life jacket and jump. I'm not doing it. And so we end up sounding like Gideon. Will you really save me? Will you, will you really save me from my depression? Will, will you really save me from my insomnia? Will, will you really save me from the rising waters? Will you save me from the rising waters of anxiety and overthinking? And because we fear failure, we won't take off the life jacket. You know why? It's due to the endless loops of what ifs that we have recycled in our head. Preach Holy Ghost. It's due to the endless loops. There is no pause. It's just an endless loop of what ifs that we have playing in our head. Because the mind will always replay what the heart fears to feel again. Did y'all hear what I just said? The mind will always replay what the heart fears to feel again. I'm not taking off the life jacket. I'm not, I'm not taking off the life jacket. And so we settle for this, this, this safe life jacket Christianity. It's, it's better for me to know I'm not going under than for me to ever risk and be a water walker. And some way and somehow we have actually gotten comfortable with powerless Christianity. 
powerless praise and worship. It has become so routine, and I think this pandemic has exposed it. We have had a lot of form of godliness, but we have not experienced the power because I'm cool with wearing a life jacket. And if you're like me, you know why? I told my father, I'm going to keep this life jacket on because I've already had the mental scenario played out in my head. <laughs> Y'all don't judge me, but my mental scenario kind of went like this. So this is what's going to happen. I know I'm preaching high pitch, but I just want you to get the point. This is what's going to happen. I'm going to go take off the life jacket. I'm going to jump off the diving board. I'm not going to be able to get back up in time. My father's going to panic, and he's going to try to jump in and save me, but he's not going to be able to get to me in time either. And so then I'm going to start gasping for air, but guess what? I'm under the water, so there is no air. So then my lungs are going to fill up with the water, and then I'm end up dying because I was a stupid eight-year-old boy who listened to his father and got his life jacket taken off of him and jumped off the diving board. I already had this played out. I already had this played out. Anybody else play out scenarios like that? <laughs> I already had this played out. My heart, my mind, and my imagination already have come in an agreement. We've already had this conversation several times. <laughs> Some of us have more mental conversations in our head than we do in real life. <laughs> you have more conversations in your head than you do in real life. I'm not, I'm not taking off my life jacket. I'm not taking off my life jacket. I, I fear failure. I fear drowning. And so now we are incarcerated by false thoughts. What if I fail? What if I fail? What if I fail? What if it doesn't work? What if I fail? What if I fail? What if I fail? Incarcerated by the prison warden of false thoughts. What if I fail? What if I fail? What if I fail? What if I fail? Not recognizing that failure is not the opposite of success. Please hear me. Failure is not the opposite of success. Failure is a part of success. If I was a note taker, I'd write that down. Now, you got to understand in the kingdom, success for us is totally different than success in the culture. We broke this down several times in Ecclesiastics. It lets us know that there is a God-given task that which the sons of men should be occupied with. So if I'm occupied with that God-given task, even though it seems not successful to you, I'm successful because I'm doing what God has called me to do. But failure is not the antithesis of success. Failure is a part of success. You cannot experience muscle growth without also having muscle failure. This is powerful. I cannot experience muscle growth unless I experience Muscle failure. You can't get swole if you don't want to experience muscle failure. You can't evolve if you don't want to experience muscle failure. You can't become if you don't want to experience muscle failure. You can't burn calories if you don't want to experience muscle failure. I believe the Holy Spirit, God is saying, I want my, I want my children for their Holy Spirit to be swole. I want your flesh to be malnourished and your spirit to be swole. But that means your way might have to fail. Uh-oh, your desire may have to fail. Your dream, if it's not my will, may have to fail. That relationship may have to fail. That's going to lead you to growing in your spirit. This is powerful, y'all. I'm not, I'm not taking this off. I'm not taking this off. And I wonder if there's any world changer watching this message on tonight. You want a 12-foot deep blessing, but you don't want to take off your life jacket. 
I wonder if there's any world changer watching this message on tonight. You have a book that is unpublished because you don't want to take off the life jacket. I wonder if there's somebody who has a podcast on the inside of you and you haven't recorded nothing. You know why? Because I don't want to fear failure. I'm not taking, I fear failure. I'm not taking off this life jacket. I wonder if there's a man right now A godly man, you met a kingdom woman. She's more than what you've asked God for, but you're scared to propose because your last girlfriend cheated on you. And I'm not taking this, I'm not taking this this life jacket of safe off. I'm not taking this, this life jacket, this life jacket of safe Christianity off. I'm not doing it. It's a world changer. Watching this message on the night, who has placed themselves in self imposed isolation. Not because things are going so bad, but because things are going so good. (laughs) Because if all you've ever known is swimming in the waters of historical trauma, peace and goodness, peace and goodness causes suspicion. Something got to happen. This deal ain't going to come through. They didn't call back because they ain't like it. Nope, this is not going to happen. I didn't get approved. They're not going to hire me. This is not going to work in my favor. There's no way that this could happen because the mind replace what the heart fears to feel again. It's not going to turn in my favor. It's not going to work. It's not going to work. It's because you've learned how to swim in the waters of historical trauma. So you don't want to take the risk. And so it's hard for you to believe when God tells you things like in Isaiah chapter 58, verse 11, and the Lord will guide you continually. And satisfy your desires in a scorched place and make your bones strong and you shall be like a watered garden, like a spring of water whose water does not fail. It's hard for you to believe Isaiah chapter 40 verse 31 when the word of God tells us, but they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength and they shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. I don't want to take off my life jacket. I don't want to take off my life jacket. So it's hard for you to believe things like what God tells us in Isaiah chapter 14, verse 24. The Lord of hosts has sworn, as I have planned, so shall it be. And as I have purpose, so shall it stand. It's hard for us to believe things like Philippians chapter 4, verse 19. And my God will supply every need of yours according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. It's hard to believe that. So we end up sounding like Gideon. What if, what if you don't? What if, what, what, how do I know that, that, that you'll really use me to, to deliver Israel, but my hand, as you promised, it's a struggle for me to believe. So instead of me jumping off the diving board in the waters of faith, I jump off the diving board of the worst conclusion. (laughs) I jump off the diving board of the worst possible conclusion, and I dive in procrastination. And I hate it, but I fear failure so much to where I'm not. I'm not going to take the risk. I'm not. You can't be a world changer if you're not willing to take a risk. Jerry, take off your life jacket and jump off the diving board. Not going to do it. Dad, what what if I drown? I'm right here, boy. I'm not going to let you drown. Jump off. Take off your life jacket. Jump 
off the diving board. I'm thinking about it. I'm thinking, no, 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 because well, what, what if I go under and you don't come to me in time? Jerry, as soon as you jump, I'll jump. Take off your life jacket and jump off the diving board. Now, don't want y'all to miss this. My father is giving me an instruction, and I'm not following it due to what I'm thinking in my head. See, this is how a lot of us have limited obedience because of all of your mental scripts. We have limited obedience because of all of your mental scripts. And so when God tells you something, when God gives you an instruction, your default response is, hold on while overthink, and I'll get back to you on it. (laughs) This is so powerful, y'all. Hold on, God. Hold on. Let me overthink, and I'll get back to you on it. You want me to do what? Hold on. Let me overthink, and I'll get back to you on that too. Do that. Ooh. (laughs) Hold on. Let me overthink. I'll get back to you on it. And so now I'm experiencing delayed obedience due to all the thoughts that are consuming my head. We have so many mental tabs open. So many mental tabs. You know, there's a symbol I want you guys to see. There's a symbol. When you have a lot of mental tabs, when you have a lot of things. Have y'all ever got this signal? I hate it. Don't you hate it? Just this signal is so annoying. If you just keep on getting this symbol, just this, this, this loading symbol, this loading symbol, just loading and loading and loading. I'm so tired of seeing this symbol. My sister one day was at the house, and she was about to buy a brand new iPad, y'all, a brand new one. Can I get somebody to put in the room brand new? Brand new. Like, she was about to get a brand new iPad. She was like, you know, I'm so tired of this iPad. It's just, it's so slow, and I just keep getting this signal. I don't know why I keep getting this signal. I'm so tired of it. And, you know, I was just thinking about getting a brand new iPad. And I said, okay, uh, have you tried restarting? I've tried restarting it. I've turned it off, and I turned it back on. I still keep getting this stupid, this symbol. And I said, okay, well, well have you, uh, have you uh, at least, like, deleted some stuff? I've deleted some stuff. I delete pictures. It doesn't matter if I delete pictures. I just keep getting th- th- this symbol. And I said, okay, is it the Internet? It's not the Internet. It does it even if it's on Wi-Fi. <laughs> okay. Well, have you closed some tabs? She was like, what? What? I said, have you, have you tried closing tabs? Uh, who, who that? What, what's that? What's called? Okay, on your iPad, once you like click Facebook or once you click Photoshop or Instagram, you hold it down, you swipe it up, and it clears it. It's like, nah, I've I never done that. How long you had this iPad? Like a, like a year? <laughs> so, so you're about to pay for something because you have tabs open. Oh, who am I preaching to on the night? What are you about to pay for? Because you have so many mental tabs open. You have so many mental tabs, and those mental tabs keep you in loading, keep you in loading, keep you in loading. Now listen, this symbol really means something is coming. But I don't want to live a life and never experience what is supposed to come because this means there's something on the other side of this. And if you start to close these mental tabs, you can stop living on loading. There's something on the other side of it. But... I have all these mental tabs open. What are they thinking? What if I don't? And what if my wife? And what if my husband? And what if they say? And what if they don't like this? What if they don't subscribe? And what if they don't do? What if you really don't save Israel by my hand? What if if you don't do it? And so here's the thing. Guys, I want you to remember this. The fear 
of pro- the fear of failure impregnates you with procrastination, which causes for you to give birth to no results. Lord, have mercy. Did y'all hear what I just said? The fear of failure impregnates you with procrastination, which will cause for you to give birth to no results. And procrastination is based on the assumption that the door will always remain open. I tell you, some opportunities are time sensitive. And a lot of us won't move because in our mind, I'm on this, this loading this loading part. And yes, you complain and you pray and you, you say, I'm tired of being here. But God is like, I need you to stop overthinking my instruction. I need you to understand that there's something on the other side of this. Jerry, I need you to jump. And I started to trust my father. And I started to say, okay, he didn't teach me week after week how to swim. And I'm just going to drown right now. So I was willing to take off the life jacket and jump off in the deep end. Before I knew it, I was on the edge. And I was able to swim, and I was so shocked, and I was so stunned. I said, Dad, how did you know I was, I was ready to swim? And he said, it's because the life, jar, the, life, the life jacket used to protect you, but now it's limiting you. There's so much more you could do if you take off the life jacket. You could dive now if you take off the life jacket. You could bust a cannonball if you take off the life jacket. You could go underwater if you take off the life jacket. I was seeing what used to hold you is now holding you from reaching your full potential because once you are redeemed, you now have redemptive potential. There's some things I could do now now that I'm redeemed. There's some things I could do now now that I'm saved. There's some things I could do now now that I have faith. But if you don't take the risk. See, I'm trying to get us to understand if you're a world changer, God has summoned for you to be a water walker. And I've just arrived to this place. It is better for me to be drenched. It is better for me to be drenched and climbing back in the boat. So what? I went under the water. So what? I slipped up and started looking at the waves and the wind and I went underwater. It is better for me to be like Peter and be drenched by climbing back in the boat because I defied the odds for a little bit. Then for me to be in the back, like Downton Thomas, rowing and wondering, what was it like to defy gravity? What was it like to be a, a water walker? What was it like when Peter walked on the water for those few moments with Jesus? What was it like? And I don't want to dream and wonder what it would be like to defy the odds. I wanted to get drenched because Jesus saved me. Then for me to stay comfortable in the boat and wonder what was it like to defy the odds. I'm preaching the world changes on a night. You cannot be an effective world change if you're not willing to take the risk. God is calling for people to take off the life jacket of your safe Christianity. Your safe belief system. A lot of us pray safe prayers. You won't even pray big prayers because you don't want them to fail. God is saying, I I want you to believe. I want you to believe so that I can show you my wonders. And now, as I was swimming, I was backstroking. He taught me how to doggy pedal. I'm doing it all. I'm swimming. I now had confidence. I'm running outside, just jumping in the water, saying, boy, you better be careful. You don't want to slip. I now have the confidence of freedom without the life jacket. See, when, when you are willing to take risk, you get God for dense. You get confidence, which allows you to change the narrative and everything. Man, it's dark. Yeah, at midnight it is dark, but technically it's a new day. I've taken off my life jacket, which allows me to change the narrative. You know, they really don't like your stuff. Well, you know, some people don't have good taste. 
<laughs> some people don't have good taste. When God made me, he said it is good. So some people don't have good taste. It is good and it may not be for them. This is a freedom that freed Jerry. I'm not for everybody. I'm not for everybody, but forever God has anointed and summoned me to reach. I want to make sure I reach it. So I got to take off the life jacket of safety because the fear of failure has three big threes. In the starting lineup, there's these three big threes that the fear of failure has. Number one is overthinking. Number two is people pleasing. And number three is looped pain. This is so good, y'all. I'm trying to help somebody on tonight. The, the, the starting lineup for the fear of failure, overthinking, people-pleasing, and looped pain. Overthinking, we already talked about this. We already had a segment in this series about overthinking. Overthinking is misuse and overuse of your creative mind. It, it, it is the misuse and overuse of the creative mind. So you're allowing... You're allowing your mental scenarios to publish novels that have also been forwarded and co-signed by your inner critic. That is what it means to overthink. People-pleasing is when you allow people's opinions to become your ceiling. What they think, they're like, their comment, you allow it to become your ceiling. But here's the beautiful thing. When you take off the life jacket, it helps you level up. And when you level up, what used to be your ceiling is now your floor. What used to be your ceiling is now your floor. I'm walking over some stuff. Is there anybody who declares this over their life? 2021 is going to be the year I skip over what I tripped over in 2020. It used to be my ceiling, but now it's my floor. It used to be my ceiling, but now it's my floor. Yeah, the enemy, that old serpent tried me, but I made snakeskin out of it, and I got snakeskin boots. Because it used to be my ceiling, but now it's my floor. People-pleasing. People-pleasing. And looped pain is when we have the track of pain repeat on repeat in our head. Looped pain is when we have the track of pain on repeat in our head. So it's almost like, looped pain is almost like a CD that has a scratch on it. <laughs> Y'all remember I talked about that last year, the Try Me series? It's like making my way downtown, town, 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 walking, town, town. It's like he has a scratch on it. And so every single time you have loop pain, it's like he going to hurt me again, 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 and again, 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 again. She will too, too, too. It's loop pain. It's like your mind has a scratch in a, in a certain area. <laughs> so I, I keep this area on repeat. <laughs> Looped pain. Gideon is now hiding in a wine press. And he's threshing wheat in a wine press. Now, if you don't understand the context of this, you're not really going to understand how much of a contradiction this is. A wine press is used, it was like a big hole in the ground. Sometimes they use a big bowl and they will put fruit and, and things like grapes and they will stump on it. That's how, that's how you would use a wine press so that they can get wine and they can get juice. So for him to be Threshing wheat in a wine press, you're supposed to thresh wheat on a threshing floor. Threshing floor is when you would take the wheat and you would beat it 
You would beat it, and then you would throw it up in the air so that the wind could separate the wheat from the chaff. It would separate the wheat from the chaff. But when the Midianites would see this wheat and this chaff blowing in the air, they knew that there was somebody farming. And so then the Midianites would raid the town and take whatever it was somebody was farming. And so now you understand some context. When Gideon is in this wine press and he's threshing wheat in the wine press, it's really because he's hiding. He's hiding. I, I don't want them to steal what I'm working on. I, I, don't want, I don't want them to take all of this labor. So I'm in this wine press. An angel of the Lord comes on him and says, hey, you mighty man of valor. You mighty man. What's up, Gideon? Gideon's probably like, I know you're not talking to me. I'm hiding in the wine press. He said, yeah, the Lord's with you. He's like, Lord's with me? How, if the Lord is with us, why is all these things happening around us? Why are all these things happening around us if God is truly with me? Mighty man, what are you talking about? And then God begins to speak to him. He's like, yeah, you're going to do something about it. You see the very thing that is annoying you, you're going to do something about it. I'm going to use you. I'm going to use you to stop the Midianites from raiding on all your people. What's up? Let's go. It's like, hold on, time out. <laughs> see, a lot of us don't even recognize the very thing that get on your nerves could be the very thing you're called to change. Because it's like, if God is with me, why is all this happening? I'm going to show it to you. In Judges, Judges chapter 6, verse 14, the Lord turned to him and said, Go in the strength you have and save Israel out of the Midian's hands. Am I not sending you? Gideon, verse 15, is so funny. I like it. It's like, pardon me? <laughs> pardon me, Lord. Uh, uh, but how can I save Israel? My clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least in my family. Everybody watching this message, how do you define yourself? How, how do you view yourself? Why do you keep talking to you like that? You're so stupid. Man, I was dumb. Why do, you, why do you keep talking to you? Why do you keep talking to you? Like, why do you keep bullying yourself with your own words? He says, I'm the weakest in Manasseh. I'm the, I, I'm the weakest of my clan. But it's just like God to choose the very thing that we think is too small and too weak. It's just like God. All he needs you to do is give him your not enough. And he will make your not enough more than enough. Just give me your two fish and five loaves. Don't, don't care about them being thousands of people. You just got to give it to me. I'm, I'm the weakest one of my, my clan. I'm the least in my family. The Lord answered and said, I will be with you. And you will strike down all the Midianites, leaving none alive. See, you know, when God calls you to do something, there's like a weight to it, right? So I, I think of something like this, this old, dirty, busted, two-pound weight. So a lot of us, we want to do small things. <laughs> we want to do big things, but we don't want to feel the weight of that big thing. So we choose to do small things. God says, listen, I, I want you to go handle this. You're like, cool, I can handle two pounds. <laughs> I'm straight. <laughs> These are my options. He says, okay, I, I want you to do something a little greater, all right? I, I could do that. We got, we got eight pounds. <laughs> God, I got this. I got this. Kind of hurt a little bit. If I keep holding this, my arm going to start shaking on camera. Y'all going to judge my strength capacity, but I, I, I can do it. I can hold eight pounds. This is nothing. But what do you do when God puts the weight of a whole 
kingdom on you. He said, yeah, I want you to hold this. I want you to hold this. And literally, y'all, I can't hold this up. Like, I'm not doing this just for illustration purposes. Jerry really can't hold this 40-pound straight up. Before you judge me, I had a brother that tried to judge me, and I said, you hold it up. You hold 40 pounds straight up. <laughs> so God is like, listen, I want you to go, and I will strengthen you. Come here. I want you to go, and I will strengthen you. And this, this is what I want you to see. On my own strength, I can't carry the weight of this ministry. On my own strength, I can't carry the weight of this burden. But he said, I will strengthen you. He said, I will be there for you. So now, now I could do something that I wasn't able to do on my own. A lot of us, you will never see the hand of God if you don't take the risk. You'll never see the miracle if you don't take the risk. You'll never see him come and intervene if you don't take the risk. Because you're, let go of it. You're saying that I could do, I can't do this in my own strength. But God is saying, I will be with you. So even when I try on my own, I'm going to have somebody who catches me. I'm going to have somebody who never lets me drown. I'm going to have somebody who never lets me fall. Because God is saying, I'm going to do it in my strength using you and you'll never experience this if you don't trust the fact that you're not alone but you have God by your side thanks bro and I wonder how many of us never try to lift the weight of whatever you're called to change because just looking at it I can't do this on my own but God said I'm going to be with you you don't have to worry about trying to do it on your own don't, don't worry about it trying to raise them on your own. I'm going to be with you. Don't worry. The how. The how belongs to me. All I need you to trust in is the who. Don't worry about the how. Trust the who. Who am I? What is my name? I am that I am. I'm never going to leave you. I'm never going to forsake you. I'm not going to let you drown. You take off your life jacket. I'm not going to let you go under. I fear failure. So point number one, what do I do? When I feel failure, I have to recognize that it's not what if, it's even if. I said this so many times, but I want us to get it. It's not what if, it's even if. The language of fear is what if. The language of faith is even if. Even if I try, I know that God is not going to let me drown. It's not the what if. And so many of us have published so many what ifs. That we never saw the hand of God showing us, even if you don't have enough, I'm not going to let you drown. It's not what if, it's even if. Number two, so powerful, my lifeguard walks on water. My lifeguard walks on water. He's not just going to save me. He defies the odds. I believe when Peter began to holler, Lord, save me, Jesus could just bend down and pull him up. He didn't have to dive in because you and I serve a God who sits high and he looks low and he's not going to let you drown. My lifeguard walks on water. Number three, pass the mic. How long are you going to let fear do his spoken word? How long are you going to let your insecurity have the mic? Pass that to the Holy Spirit. How long are you going to let doubt have the volume in your life? Pass the mic to the Holy Spirit. How long are you going to let your insecurities have the mic? And that's why you haven't taken that risk of whatever God is calling you to do. Pass the mic. The Holy Spirit is a wonderful counselor. And he will help us in the areas where we're not strong. Pass the mic. Number four, life jackets are for training, not living. My father recognized 
what I have put on you is just for a season. And I know my son, I could tell when the life jacket now is limiting your ability. This is not for living. This is for training. And why I'm preaching so hard on the night and sweating up here is because I want you to understand I do not want you to live in a place where you're supposed to just get trained. God's saying there's more for you. There's more than this. And last point on tonight, wine press is for stomping, not for warriors. What wine press are you hiding in? Is it behind social media? Behind your Instagram? Could it be behind your relationship? God is saying, you're a warrior. You're a world changer. And there's a people that you have to reach. But that's going to require for you to take off the life jacket of safe Christianity. And that's going to require for you to stop picking easy weights. But even if something has a tremendous weight, know that I'm going to be there. And my hand is never going to let you drown so God would you help us to be reminded that you are the ultimate lifeguard and you walk on water help us to understand that if we're going to be people of faith we have to take risk not risk for our flesh but something that you have called us to do to make you look good to make you show make you to show yourself strong God we're not trying to get the glory in our own lives we surrender that Forgive us for all the times where we try to put our name in lights. God, it's all about you. When the sun is on the scene, the stars disappear. There's no more stars, God. You're going to get all the glory. You're going to get all the honor. We recognize that you're the sun, and when the sun is shining, you can't see the stars. And God, we want you to get the utmost glory in our life. And whatever risk we have to take, help us to understand that failure is not the opposite of success. It is a part of success and I want to be kingdom successful so that ultimately I can hear the sweetest words that will ever fall on my ear well done in Jesus name we pray amen